hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Yarniacs podcast, which we're recording on Tuesday, October 2nd. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. I, I already know what Charlene's wearing because I'm looking at it. <laughs> Let's tell our listeners, what are you wearing? Okay, I am wearing my Ishbel shawl, which I have to admit is one of four that I have knit. I've knit four of them too. <laughs> have you? Yes, I have. <laughs> so I guess I really like this shawl. It is knit, my version is knit in handmaiden fine yarn sea silk, which has a fiber content of 70% silk, 30% sea cell, which is seaweed fiber. And I, I <laughs> and know. And it doesn't smell funny. <laughs> it doesn't smell funny. And although mine has been packed in a cedar chest, so it smells good. Oh, yours probably smells good. Cedary. <laughs> but I knit mine. Almost this this one almost a year ago in September of 2011, and the interesting thing is that because I had entered the yarn into my Ravelry stash, I am able to find out that I purchased the yarn at Stitches. I could have told 2008, you that. My which first was stitches. when we yeah. went. Yes, your first Stitches. I remember that, and I kept waiting and waiting for the perfect pattern for this yarn. And I didn't want to use it, didn't want to use it. The yarn kind of fell into that category of too good to use for a little while. And I'm coming to the realization, as I think I've mentioned before, that you got to use your yarn. I agree. (laughs) You know, especially the yarn that you love and that you feel is valuable and special for for one reason or another, you need to give it a life. So that's not in the stash. That's not just sitting in a box. (laughs) Yes. Unless perhaps sitting in a box and petting it, or maybe not in a box, but just leaving it out on your desk, petting it makes you happy. (laughs) I do that. I leave pretty skeins next to my computer when I'm working. I I could see that having a a value and um, a calming purpose. (laughs) Especially when they're really beautiful just to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Now you... Your debut wearing of that shawl was at another stitches, was it not? I Our don't last remember. stitches. Was it? it was. You had just blocked oh, it so that you could wear it to stitches that's last right. February. That's right. I do remember yep. that because I remember that we went into Isolde Teague's booth, mm-hmm. and I forgot to mention that the this pattern Ishbel is written by Isolde Teague, and at stitches last year. To, no, this year. Yeah, it was two thousand twelve. We went into Isolde Teague's booth and immediately the shawl came off because we were trying on things. And I remember thinking afterwards that, oh, I didn't even show her my Ishbel. But other people commented (laughs) on it. Other people comment on it, yes. Yes, they did. So, and you aren't wearing any hand knits today. I am not wearing any (laughs) hand knits because when I left my house at noon, it was 100 degrees (laughs) in my front yard. So I am wearing. Basically, as little clothing as one can get away with wearing and still be deemed appropriate for public. So, yeah, it's really hot here. So, I'm going to rewind to last Monday when I was wearing my 5200K out and about for one of the first times because we were lucky enough to be able to meet up with Kim of Western Sky Knits. Oh, yes. She was here visiting from Montana. Oh, I'm glad you're talking about that. Yeah, I had to mention it yeah. so I could work in what was I wearing previously right, because right. it's too hot today. Right. And I used my Western Sky Knits Aspen Soft Yarn to knit the 5200K, which is why I wore it. <laughs> now, Western Sky Knits, to give you a little bit of background, we met Kim and Heather at Stitches this year, this 2012, year 2012, which is where I bought my yarn. And 
Kim lives in Montana. Heather lives in a different state. And they have a third woman who's part of Western Skynets who lives in a third state. So as a company, they sell together different storefronts, but with the same brand They market name. together and right. brand together. There you yeah. go. That's a good way to, to describe it. So the yarn I used was actually dyed by Heather. And we met up with Kim. Kim is a delight. Kim, if you're listening, we love you. We wish you lived in Santa <laughs> Cruz or somewhere closer by. <laughs> it's always such a pleasure to meet the people with whom you exchange PMs, etc. on it Ravelry. Is. It's just such it really a treat. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to describe how cool it is yeah. to actually meet someone you've spent a lot of time chatting with electronically. Right. If none of you have ever done it, I highly recommend you give it a try. You know, if there's someone even who lives fairly close by you can see that on Ravelry and yeah just suggest getting together for coffee or something it's a good way to make new friends even for shy people like me yes exactly <laughs> I am despite the fact that we podcast Charlene right. and I both are shy whether you would believe that based on what you hear well hear it's or really not. <laughs> it's really easy to talk anonymously into the snowball microphone it's true it's true so that is what I was wearing last week, which is what I'm featuring today for the podcast. Yeah, and it was gorgeous. I love that sweater. And as often happens with Gail and myself, now I want to knit that design, of course. And we were already yarn stocking for yes. her to knit her own 5200K. Yes, and speaking of stocking, I guess I'll just go yeah, right into it. Yeah, what are you stocking? What am I stocking? A couple things this week. One of them, I showed Gail right before we started recording, and she said, I've seen that, and that's not usually something you would go for, and I have to agree with her. <laughs> it is a pullover top, short sleeve or long sleeve or three-quarter sleeve. They've all been done, all different versions, and it is called Elfie, or Elfie, Elfie by Astrid Schramm. And this is, let's see, how would I describe it? It's... Form-fitting. Form-fitting, basically a plain round neck, not quite a Not low-cut at all. Not, but... Yeah, I guess it is called a boat neck. And it has increasing and diminishing stripes at the same time. It's very cute. <laughs> it's very cute. Go look at it. People make it in contrasting colors, and depending on which color pops, it looks like the stripes are increasing or it looks like the stripes are decreasing because you start at the top and one color has small stripes increasing to large stripes at the bottom, and the other color has large stripes at the top decreasing to small stripes at the bottom. You have to see it to really get so, it. So, yeah, it's very... It looks I like it would it, be very slimming because of the way the stripes the way one's getting bigger and one's getting smaller maybe. near your waist maybe you know it looks really good on everybody I think so too. it's one of those basic basic designs like i said it's top down t-shirt people make it short long tunic length and then there are all kind of sleeve lengths as well short three-quarter long so i guess since it's top down you can just try it on and make it pleasing However you For want. your body, right? Yeah. And but the it's reason just to explain attractive. why I didn't think it was Charlene's style so much is because of the stripes. Yeah. I, I am more stripe-oriented <laughs> than she is. I do not usually go for stripes. But to me, this is just appealing. I really like it. And I think part of it is 
the really brilliant color choices that are shown on the pattern page. They're, all of the projects are not knit with such brilliant and bright color choices. Of course, there are some subdued ones as well, but the ones they show on the pattern page just are particularly attractive and happy yeah. and make me smile. The particular colors that Charlene's referring to, from where I'm sitting, they appear to be an orange and a golden and a yellow. yellow, which yeah. are not colors I can wear. And I really like this one too, which is a burgundy red and a gray. That's gorgeous. That reminds me of my featherweight. Yes, it does. Exactly. Exactly. And it looks like for the smaller sizes that you could make it with one longer skein of fingering white yarn. Oh, very nice. As perhaps like a Madeleine Tosh, uh, Tosh Merino Light or Malabrigo Sock, at least in the smaller sizes, it looks like that. So that's attractive too. Nice. Yeah. One skein of each. Right. Right. It, it, you know, it might change depending if I make it longer or long sleeves, but that makes it pretty attractive. I, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> and it is knit in fingering white yarn, but at more of a worsted weight gauge, 20 stitches to 4 inches. So it is knit loosely, probably something that you would want to wear a tank underneath at the same time. But... I think it's very cute. It is cute. I agree. (laughs) And thumbs up. Yeah. And the second thing I am stocking, you know, is probably something that isn't usually me either. It's a vest. But I just think it's cute, attractive, and something that you could wear in the summertime Mm -hmm. over t-shirts. And that is the winding vest by Vanessa Ewing. And there are only five projects on Ravelry right now. So it's not a very popular pattern yet, and it's probably not something that I would look to knit this time of year because it's a tiny, tiny piece. It's a little vest, cropped length, and has a racer back. So there's not much coverage. It's obviously something that you wear as a layering piece, and it's not something that's going to add a lot of warmth. So I think it might be nice just... Like to wear over t-shirts. Like yeah, for I a said. styling piece as yeah. opposed to a warmth Yeah, piece. and it uses the smaller size, uses only 310 yards of a worsted weight yarn. It's five stitches to 20, no, five stitches to one inch. So it's something that you could knit, for example, with only two skeins of Madeline Tosh vintage. That's very nice. <laughs> Once again, making it very affordable. Yeah, exactly. Or Or, or exactly. That would At be very nice. Five stitches to the inch, you have a lot of choices. I even have some Malabriga worsted in my stash. I have two skeins of one color that could could become that. So <laughs> lots of <laughs> the choices. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what are you stocking? Okay, I am stocking currently and Thank you, Hohe, for correcting our pronunciation of your name. Charlene and I have always referred to the designer Hohe Locatelli as Joji Locatelli, but as we should have known because we live in an area where a lot of things are named with Spanish names, the J is usually not pronounced the same way. Right. So I am stalking Hohe's new pattern called Meridian. It is a beautiful 
swingy cardigan and I'm not going to try to describe it because I think it defies a verbal explanation. <laughs> You've just got to go look at the pattern. Also a fingering weight sweater. I have some beautiful Tosh Merino light in a pink color called Molly Ringwald that oh, wants lovely. to be that sweater and is going to be that sweater. Okay. Don't know when I'm going to cast on, but I've already purchased the pattern. <laughs> I'm already ready to go. Haven't swatched yet, but I mean, the pattern was just released yesterday. Right. So right. I could not really have swatched yeah. already because I fell asleep so early <laughs> on the couch last night. But So I actually had that design on my stocking list too. I knew Gail was going to mention it, so I didn't mention it. But I just want to add that, let's see, the back of the garment has ribbing for waist shaping mm -hmm. and i just think that is so attractive and adorable because it it kind of brings it in a little bit but then the bottom is really swingy in fact one of the pictures on the project page shows the pattern was just released so i'm assuming all these there's They're lots of pictures knitters. i'm assuming these yeah. are all test knitters but some of the test knitters are swinging around and they show the garment flaring out very very cute that very, was maggie maggie i love your pictures oh is that Matt? okay yeah, and then, um shannon who i rave about all the time knit with 21 did a test knit momo oh, who nice. is jetshin did a test knit there are just lovely lovely projects already there for you to admire and drool over yeah so that is the first thing i'm stalking and i have to mention also here Hohi and I have been exchanging emails back and forth on various different subjects just because I admire her work so much. And I asked her, there is currently a promotion on her patterns, 20% off. The code, you can find it in our Ravelry group. Someone started a thread called Joji Enabling or Hohi Enabling. And you can get the code there. And I asked Hohi, do you mind if I mention it on the podcast? And she said, no, but I don't want people to think I'm advertising. And this has oh. nothing to do with <laughs> advertising. All of the raving you hear from me recently, because I've been knitting her <laughs> patterns, has nothing to do with her sponsoring us or anything like that. It's right. simply my opinion. So right. if you want to, 20% off of her patterns, I think until October 15th, okay. which is why I bought Meridian yesterday and <clears throat> three other patterns. <laughs> a little over the top but i know i will knit them all so i have no guilt associated there oh fun so that's stocking item number one stocking item number two this is very funny a vest called the amand vest which i believe is french for almond and it's by hillary smith callis and you'll never guess it has a razor back oh a really similar cable to the vest that Charlene just described in oh her stocking. Gosh. Very funny coincidence. <laughs> I don't have stash for this vest yet. I purchased the pattern actually after the last stitches. And we are going on a yarn field trip tomorrow, which we'll tell you more about in a minute. And I'm going to buy yarn for this vest tomorrow. Ooh. It's cardigan, but it buttons in the front. Nicely form-fitting, knit in a bulky weight yarn. I think I can probably do it in Erin. Most people have done it with Cascade Eco Plus or eco wool and you can make it of course of course any length you want but i'm gonna go for hippish length instead of a tunic length which is what i more often do and did i mention it's hillary smith callis is the designer and mm -hmm. she is the same designer of citron the shawlette right. i asked her because i am in between sizes i pm'd her on ravelry and asked what do you recommend positive or negative ease she recommended negative ease, and she responded within 
12 hours probably. And since I PM'd her at night, that's pretty quick response in my opinion. So I'm already having good feelings about the pattern just because she responded right, so quickly that, right. you know, that's a designer <laughs> who I feel confident knitting one of her patterns. Yeah. So that's Very stocking cute. number two. And I'm also stocking Ruth's tea, oh. which is a pattern by Rachel Ivy Clark from the interweave knit summer 2010 issue. And it's an all over lace t-shirt type of pullover. And I've been stocking it for a while. But when I was in the shop with Charlene last Thursday, which was my birthday, we were looking at yarn. They had a new shipment of Malabrigo sock, which I have never knit with. And we were admiring the colors and standing outside in the sun with skeins wrapped around ourselves to see which colors we liked the best. It was very fun. (laughs) And I picked two skeins of Azule colorway, which is blues, beautiful blues. And I set them on the counter and told Charlene, I have too much stash. Please put these on hold for me. I cannot justify buying them right now. Five minutes later, Charlene was handing them to me with another birthday gift. And she said, happy birthday. So (laughs) I have the yarn to knit Ruth's tea. And it's beautiful. And I'm so excited. And thank you again. And I wouldn't normally broadcast and advertise my birthday. But Ravelry does it for you because of that little cake icon. Right. So I have to take a few minutes to thank you, all of you, so much, who made this one of the best birthdays ever. (laughs) I'm serious. I woke up in the morning, checked Ravelry. I had nine messages in my mailbox, all saying happy birthday. And Hohe had gifted me one of her patterns as a birthday gift, which just blew me away. Thank you so much. And then throughout the day, lots of birthday wishes on Ravelry and Let's say I woke up around 6.30 and saw the first one. Later, around 9 when I was leaving to do something, another gift pattern from oh. Nitty Barb. <laughs> she gifted me the Acer cardigan from nice. Amy Christoph. Christophers. Christophers, thank you. And then towards the end of the day, Tash, as in Tash Balaz on our group and on Ravelry, she gifted me the Audrian Unst pattern, nice. which I've wanted to knit forever, and I have stash yarn so for that. Great. So. It was just the best birthday ever. Birthday wishes, surprise patterns gifted to me throughout the day, surprise yarn from Charlene. And in the evening, my family showed up for dinner and my grandfather, who I've talked about before, and my aunt were with us. My aunt knits for a charity group where they only use acrylic yarn. And she showed up with a gigantic (laughs) shopping bag full of yarn. And it was mostly yarn ends, like little balls to little scraps. Oh, and that's why you have That's why I have scraps. what I have in my hand. Okay. We spent an hour and a half. It was so much fun going through this How yarn, fun. pairing that up different colors pretty. that would look good to stripe. And we just had a ton of fun going through this yarn. My mom ended up taking a bunch home. I ended up keeping some. My son, who has started his first scarf this weekend, <laughs> he loved some of it. So he kept some of it. It was just great. It was like a yarny, fibery, wonderful birthday. Thank you again so much, all of you. It was just fabulous. So I just had to say thank you. Well, you know what I have had fun doing before on my birthday, too, is looking at all the people who share your birthday and then just randomly sending them birthday greetings. I have done that in the past. How do you do that? I don't remember, but there... (laughs) I didn't know you could do that. I think you can search by birthday. On Ravelry? Yeah. I think you can. That, oh, that, how neat. Or maybe they show, I can't see, I can't remember. Maybe there's, you can see whose birthday is today. Because I know that I've only, I've looked at it on my birthday. Oh, I didn't know and you And it's do that. really interesting to see 
how many, many people. people on Ravelry share your birthday. Because really, how many people in your entire life have you ever met who share your, your birthday? Yeah. I've only met one person who shared my birth date and year. Oh, and the year too. Yeah. Okay. I think I have met a couple people throughout my lifetime that shared the date, but only once have I met someone that shared the year. Yeah. And most people don't put their year on Ravelry, but it's just fun to randomly send birthday wishes to somebody yeah, who shares your birthday. <laughs> and my family, it was so cute when I woke up and said, oh my gosh, I already have nine happy birthday messages. <laughs> Everyone in my family looked at me and said, how do they know it's your birthday? And I said, well, look at the icon. It's a little birthday cake. Everybody on Ravelry knows. So then they understood because like I said, usually I do not tell people it's my birthday so right, I'm a right. stealth birthday person but again really it was one of the best birthdays I've ever had so thank you very much to all of you for the warm wishes I really appreciated it okay so on Ravelry you go to people underneath the people search there's a little subheading oh, that is highlighted and clickable and it says happy birthdays you click on the happy birthdays and it brings up the pages and pages of people that have the birthday today. How so neat. birthday, October 2nd, 2000, 2012, it shows the year. But there are 34 pages of, of people today. that have birthdays today. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So anytime you have a spare moment, you can do that and wish somebody a happy birthday and spread a little love. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. So that's the end of what I'm stocking in addition to the end of my thank you, thank you, thank yous for my birthday. So what are you knitting? Charlene doesn't have any knitting in her hands. I don't have any knitting in my hands. I'm still being really good, even Yay. though I have to say the arm report is incredibly positive this week. And whatever I either have or probably in the case of knitting haven't been doing has been working. I've been resting Still resting my arms, even though I have felt a lot of improvement over the past several weeks. And over the past couple of days, I have to say, it's almost feeling normal. Yay, that's so, awesome. Yeah. But I am still thinking. I'm, st I'm being cautious. That's yes. good. You didn't just so, jump right back into knitting like four hours a day. I didn't. <laughs> that's what I would have Although done. I really, really want to. All these new patterns that are coming out for fall mm -hmm. and the shipments of the new yarns coming in are really getting tempting. me. Yes, really tempting. So I have a feeling that I'm going to be getting back into it soon. And I actually, one of the things I've been knitting, and actually I've only been, I only pulled it out last night, is the A-Line Hoodie by Diane Susie, which I actually started, I think, a couple weeks ago. And then I put it aside because I was working on my breezy, and I went a little crazy finishing my breezy and my breezy felt easy to work on while my arms were hurting because the lace weight yarn didn't weigh anything and it just didn't didn't tax your it hands didn't yeah there well. was no weight put on it and I believe that the whole issue I've been having stems from knitting a heavier garment and having to hold that one piece while knitting the edging so this one also has a large edging, but there's no weight. There's to no it, weight to right? this, and you're not going to be wrangling, the right? Exactly. Yeah. So this one has been fairly easy, and I'm actually, in fact, almost finished with it. I've finished 
all the knitting, but I have decided that I'm going to re-knit the collar. So I need to just pull out the collar and re-knit that. Somehow I ended oh. up with a different number of stitches on my front. Okay. And it's not that great of a difference, but... You can tell. Me, as a knitter, I know that it will inhibit me from wearing the garment. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> so I need to just rip it out, and I'm totally fine with that because I want it right. So those are the two things I've been working on. What have you been knitting? Okay, and what in my are you hand knitting? <laughs> at the moment is a preemie hat. So I said that my aunt brought over oh, all those it's yarn a bits. Hat. So I have this little end of some type of variegated yarn that's really pretty. It it's has really pretty. That, and I, you know, I saw that and I just assumed you were starting a sock. No, <laughs> even no, though it's a even though Gail is not a sock knitter, not for the most part, <laughs> but. Again, she brought some of the yarns she brought over. I have no idea what any of them are because almost none of them were labeled. This one is really pretty. It is a pretty yarn. It's really pretty. I have pretty. no idea even. She thinks all of the bases are acrylic. This does not feel like acrylic. No, to this me. is. It must be is, some kind of superwash. This is a wool nylon. This is a sock blend. Yeah. And I am guessing that it is trekking, oh, a maybe. version of trekking. Well, regardless, it's really pretty. It has really beautiful colors to it. And a lot of the yarns she brought over were either variegated yarns or obviously solids. That's <laughs> pointless to say. <laughs> However, I've told her because when Charlene and I knit hats for charity, we typically bring them to our local homeless shelter. Right. And I told her all of my child and adult size hats are going to our homeless shelter, but we do not have a NICU, um, newborn ICU in our area. And my aunt does, they bring all of theirs to oh. the Lucille Packard children's hospital at Stanford. Oh. So I pulled out the one preemie hat that I had knit with yeah. my leftover Madeline Tosh sock in Malachite. And she was just fell in love with this little teeny tiny oh. hat. And I said, well, take that with you, show your knitting group that I do appreciate all the yarn right. they bring me that I do actually use it. And all of the yarn you gave me today, I will knit preemie hats with this and give them all back to you for your knitting group to donate. So that's the goal for can this. I knit, so. Can I donate some as well? Of course. I would love to. Now, again, absolutely well, that was to. what I was asking her for the preemies because their other charity group, they only take acrylic hats. But, but yeah, different, unit, different one, different, from what I have read, different hospitals and different organizations have different. Rules. rules. So I yeah. need to find out what the rules are for Lucille Packard. Right. I'm assuming everything right. they gave me, I can use because would... they know the rules. Because they that's they donate to that right. particular hospital. Right. So yes, we can absolutely. probably find out. Though. Yeah, we would love. I'm sure she would love anything. Yeah. There's the swirl hat on Ravelry mm -hmm. free pattern. It's ranging from preemie to adult sizes, and I'm going to knit that with some of the solid yarns. I didn't want to use the variegated yarn for that but my aunt gave me the swirl pattern a long time ago because she thought it was so cute mm -hmm. and I haven't knit a hat oh. <laughs> of it yet so she was every time she sees me she asks I so. went through well we both went through preemie hat yes. knitting we both knit mm -hmm. preemie hats a couple Used years up a ago lot of sock yeah leftover bits yeah. yep and it, they're great to knit they're great little carry around it, that's projects. the thing they're perfect portable mm -hmm. projects because I have mine on us2 double points I believe yep and, I mean, I can shove this in my purse, which is very small, and just take it out whenever I need to, like when we get our flu mm -hmm. shots this afternoon. Or <laughs> I got mine here, yesterday. <laughs> I know you did. Sitting here while we're podcasting or, like, you know, when I have my meetings 
telecommuting meetings. It's I need something where I don't even have to keep track of rows. Yeah, it's just be, round and round knitting is what I need. And so I was going to say, in general, I mean, there are lots of patterns out there for fancy preemie hats, but in general, you don't have to make them super fancy. They don't have to have cables and lace. You just want something that's soft and fitted. And it's going to keep their little heads right. warm. Yeah, so this right. one I have eight rows of two-by-two two ribbing and then straight-up stockinette. How until fun. you get to the crown shaping, and then I'm going to do up the little I-cord tie oh, yeah. at the top that yeah. looks so cute on yeah. little hats, provided I have enough yarn. I'm sure I do. I could probably get two hats out of this. And you can always switch to another or, color. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I'm knitting, which it just makes me happy, too, to mm -hmm. know that I'm knitting something that I will, love having will really be projects used. like that to carry around. Well, and to, that will be used and appreciated and... Just the charity knitting just makes me feel good. That was the mm -hmm. ice maker. So. Yeah, I forgot to turn off the ice <laughs> Charlene maker. Charlene was giving Sorry, a look folks. like, oh, the ice maker. <laughs> so I'm also knitting the Mont Royal hat by T-Shep, which I talked about in our last episode. It's a free pattern on Ravelry, which I'm knitting in fingering weight Tosh Merino light. It's my first Tosh Merino light project, if you can believe that. Really? Really. We were just saying how we loved the look of that yarn. Yeah, so... <laughs> Very happy with that so far. It's uh, I fell asleep on the couch last night around 9.30, which is about three hours than, earlier than I usually go to bed. <laughs> and I fell asleep with that hat in my hand. And luckily, oh, wow. I wasn't doing anything. There are some twisting um, cables. They aren't even cables. It's like a back twist and a front twist kind of thing. And luckily, I didn't fall asleep while attempting to do one of those. So the hat <laughs> is still in good shape. But I think I managed to knit four rows before I fell asleep last night. Or four rounds. That's all the knitting I accomplished last night. <laughs> oh, I didn't do... I think I I was beat last night, too. Yeah, you said that. You had and a headache, so... I had... That's right. I had the headache after our flu shots. And then we had a little bit of family drama last night that started oh, last man. night. And so I went and sat in bed early. And that's when I pulled out the A-line hoodie because I wasn't in the mood for pull it for ripping out the collar yeah. on the breezy but then I ended up not knitting that much so some nights are just like that yeah the other let thing, it go exactly the <laughs> other thing I'm knitting is the Corazon pullover mm. I did cast that on by Julia Trice and that does take paying attention to because it is an all-over lace pattern there is lace on the sleeves in addition to the front and back of the sweater and it's top down so I am working on the increases in addition to keeping track of the lace pattern. So last night I would have mangled that sweater had I attempted to knit it. So it's a nice thing to have more than one project on the needles for Definitely. that reason. Definitely. But the Corazon, I am loving it. Third time knitting with this specific batch of yarn, not just this particular base, but this these skeins of yarn were Buttercup version 1 and Buttercup version 2. Now they're becoming Corazon. They're perfect still. I love them. <laughs> it's just such, every time I talk about this yarn, I'm like, oh, You're I happy. It. It's, it's so her wonderful. happy yarn. It is my happy yarn. It's her happy yarn. Neon rose. It's the be most beautiful pink. So I'm loving it more than I thought I would, even though I should have known. I've knit with it enough, right, you guys? <laughs> and... Again, Julia is donating a copy of the pattern as a giveaway for you podcast listeners. So what I'm going to do is start a thread in our Ravelry group. Please, one post per person. Just post in there that you would like to win a copy of Corazon. You don't have to say anything special. Julia didn't want it to be an advertising event. She just said, I just want to donate 
a version of or a copy of the pattern. She's just being generous. Yes, being very generous. So go ahead, post in the thread, and then next episode we will have randomly selected a winner for the Corazon. <laughs> if, of course, you're not a sweater knitter or you don't think you'll ever knit it, you don't need to post. Don't enter. A, yeah, yeah, don't enter the, yeah. the, the contest. What I can tell you so far about the pattern itself, it is well written. I had to struggle a little bit to get my mind wrapped around how the increases <laughs> work in the lace pattern. She wrote it out, you know, written instructions of how it works. And I am not a very good visualizer. I have trouble mm-hmm. visualizing what is written. She did chart it out as well, but the chart wasn't making sense to me when compared to the written instructions hmm. until I just put the chart away and just sat there and thought about it. And then I completely got it. Mm. So I completely understand how to work those increases in. I think mm-hmm. most people would read it once and understand it. I just, <laughs> maybe I was tired. Who knows? I just wasn't getting it. It wasn't clicking. But so far it's looking beautiful. I'm really enjoying the knit. Yay. So there you go. That's what I'm knitting. Yay. Now, what have you finished? Oh, remember, I didn't finish anything. <laughs> I didn't know if you had actually said that on the podcast or not, so I had to ask. I, I, you know, I was thinking about this last night, and I was going to try to think of some task that I had finished in the last couple of weeks, Maybe but related. I did not. I, I, I failed in that respect, well, so take it have, away, Gail. You might have enhanced your stash. That could be considered I, finishing Perhaps. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I have finished two things, and... Remarkably, they are both sweaters. I've just been knitting like the wind lately. So the first thing I finished was another Hohe pattern. It was the Dragonflies jumper, which I was knitting our last episode. I just talked about it. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. I love the FO. It's perfect because the lace, all over lace, is a, to, in my opinion, is very flattering because it, it provides is. its own waist shaping and things like that because the lace, of course, stretches and doesn't stretch based on the size of your body. So I wore it on my birthday and I was very pleased with how it turned out. I'm very, I love the color. I Mm -hmm. love the yarn. I'm sad it's been discontinued. That was the Rowan Calmer. Loved the pattern and the knitting of the, the sweater itself was just a delight. Lots of people knitting it right now. A lot of people are also converting it into a cardigan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh. So if anyone's interested, there are cardigan versions of dragonflies out there in the finished objects as well. The other item I finished was the cow neck vest it, from the Knit Red book. Oh, yay. I knit that very quickly because That's I knit it in one. a very heavy worsted weight yarn. And because it's a vest and has short sleeves, it seems to go fast, even though the cowl itself is a lot of knitting. I do not have buttons yet, and I have not blocked it. But the knitting is complete. All ends have been woven in, etc. I think I'm going to wear this sweater all the time because it's going to be super easy to just throw on over anything. And the yarn wasn't terribly expensive. It was Madeline Tosh Aaron. So there's not that mental block for me of, oh, no, I can't wear this anywhere unless I'm, you know, freshly showered and this and that. I can't wear it to the gym. I can't wear it anywhere because it's not that expensive. So I don't feel like I'm going to have mental hangups over when I may and may not wear it. The only thing I'm disappointed about with this pattern, it was extremely easy to knit. It's a top-down raglan. It doesn't get any easier. So it could actually be a good beginner sweater. The only complicated bits would be 
maybe seeming on the pockets, and that's not difficult. It just takes a little mm -hmm. bit of patience. You do have to pick up for the um, button bands on the front, so you would need to know how to pick up stitches. Right. And there are some buttonholes, but it's just a yarn over knit two together buttonhole, so it's trivial. I do think it would actually be a good beginner sweater. So the only complaint I have is that there are only three sizes for this sweater mm -hmm. in the book, and they are all small. Yeah. You know, I would say it's extra small, small, and then small, medium in terms <laughs> yeah. of sizes, or maybe a medium-ish size. Yeah. So that's a disappointment that it doesn't come in more sizes mm -hmm. to fit more people. But other than that, I have no complaints about the pattern. Yay. So those are my two finished objects. Yay, I'm very happy. <laughs> So one of the topics that we have noticed in several groups on Ravelry lately is the cost of individual patterns. The cost going up. The cost going up on individual patterns and whether patterns are worth it, whether people want to pay the increased costs, and why the, why the cost or why the individual price of patterns is going up. I don't know if we can answer those questions specifically, but it has brought up discussion between Gail and myself and between other knitters about what makes a pattern worth it in terms of paying a higher price or even paying any price. What makes a pattern worth it? And I do want to say before we even begin the discussion that I do appreciate all the work that goes into making a pattern. Not only oh, the creative process, yeah. <laughs> but the time it takes to write the pattern out. And I understand a lot of work goes into it. So we are not bashing in any way oh, the no. price of patterns. We're just trying to give you some ideas about how to make a decision intelligently about whether or not to purchase a pattern. And I think actually what brought this up for us was the purchasing of a pattern that was not necessarily up to par. Right, that, that we didn't we... consider to be worth the money because the effort obviously hadn't gone into the pattern compared right. to other patterns we've purchased. So it felt as if it was, was almost someone's notes as opposed to right. an actual pattern. Right. And, oh my gosh, I just paid $6 for this. You've got to right. be kidding me. So... <laughs> That's kind of right. where we started our discussions, and then yeah. we realized it was more broad across Ravelry, and different knitters have mentioned right. it to us. So right. it spurred this particular right. feature so segment. Basically, questions to ask. One of the first things that I always look at is, who is the designer? Are they an experienced designer? Have they designed other objects? Are there reviews and comments about other patterns the designer has written? And this is not necessarily to say that somebody who is a new designer is not somebody you would want to purchase from. I am just suggesting that if the designer has experience, then you can use those comments from the designer's other designs to help you make a hopefully better well, decision right. about whether it's something you want to purchase or not. Yeah, so that's the first thing I always do is when I have a pattern that I want or I'm interested in purchasing, there's the designer's name link. You can click on that to see the other patterns that person has designed. So I will, if I've never heard of the designer and I have no experience with him or her, I will do that. I will see, okay, what else have they designed? And I will click through and see how many projects mm -hmm. have been knit, read the comments for those different projects, maybe see if the person designed other projects similar mm -hmm. to what I'm knitting or in my same style aesthetic 
to know, like, for example, if it's a sweater, what other sweaters have they designed? If it's a shawl, what other shawls, mm-hmm. etc. So, like I, like Gail said, when I am making a decision about a pattern purchase, I do read reviews and comments about other things the designer has designed. I also like to see if perhaps the designer engages with knitters online, either in a group or responds to comments about their patterns. Some designers even answer questions. It's not necessarily a bad thing if designers do not engage with knitters or do not necessarily answer questions. I have bought patterns, very good patterns from designers who do not do that, but it is an extra bonus. Right. (laughs) And it's really nice to be able to chat or ask a question of a designer. I guess I kind of see that as a bonus when the designer does that. When they actually respond? Yeah, because if you buy, like say, a sewing pattern or a cookbook, a lot of times you can't necessarily engage or interact or question the person who wrote that pattern. You can always interact with the publisher, but you don't necessarily get the chance to interact with the designer. So Ravelry or blogs or other knitting discussion forums are great for that. And so I do look at that. And like I said, not necessarily a bad thing if a designer chooses not to engage with knitters, but it is a bonus. <laughs> but I also, for example, there was a reach, a recent pattern I wanted to purchase that didn't have any projects on Ravelry. Mm. So I did email the designer with questions and the mm-hmm. designer never responded. And oh, some of the questions yeah. we're going to talk about next. <laughs> so I don't want to say what the questions were because we're going right. to get to that. But the fact that she didn't respond instantly put up a red flag for right. me. It's like, okay, this is telling me that I don't want to be the first one to knit right. this particular pattern. And also I'm the type of person who I'm going to read the response for tone as well as content. Right. And if the designer... I've had almost only positive experiences with designers who have responded quickly, friendly, given me advice, help, etc. Occasionally, there is a designer who doesn't answer very in a very friendly manner, we might say. And that, again, is a red flag to me that this maybe is someone I don't want to be interacting with if I have questions. And maybe I'm too judgmental. Maybe that person was having a bad day. Right. But, you know, it does <laughs> leave an impression. So when I actually PM designers or go into their groups on Ravelry and ask questions. Those are just things that I'm paying attention to. And if a designer doesn't have a Ravelry group, that's kind of a red flag for me too. And if they're, again, if they're a new designer, well, I ha- I give them the benefit of the doubt because right. you can't make assumptions or get impressions right. from someone who doesn't right. have anything to go from. Right. And both Gail and I love the thought of supporting new designers. Absolutely. So That's one it's... of my recent kicks. Is that <laughs> I will only buy things from people on Etsy or I will only yeah. go into a local yard store. I do not. Want... It's it's getting a little bit silly. But I do. I would love to support new designers. Right. If, you know, someone who has a new design and they don't have any reviews, but they're answering my questions well, I want to knit that object, right. even if it hasn't Absolutely. been out there. Yeah. So next thing to look for. One of the questions that I generally look for or ask is, has the pattern been professionally tech edited? And some patterns will even list the name of the technical editor. And if it does, has the technical editor edited other patterns? 
Usually, having a pattern edited costs the designer money. I believe because it is a paid service, it adds a level of professionalism to the process. Yep. And I believe it shows respect for both the knitter and the designer's work as well. Now, not all designers work with tech editors, so this is not to say you should only ever go out and buy patterns that have been professionally, technically edited, but I am saying that that is just another level you could look at to determine the level of professionalism of a pattern. Well, and also the price of a pattern. And the price of a pattern, because that is going to affect the price. I myself have used patterns that have not been tech edited, and they have been great patterns. I have used patterns that have been professionally tech edited, and they have been great patterns. So it can go both ways, but it's just an indicator, something to look for. And also, if it has been technically edited, you have the assurance that it's going to be either error-free or almost error-free. Hopefully. Right, hopefully. (laughs) And the the other side to that, besides being technically edited, is has it been test knit? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of designers, I don't know if they necessarily do both, but a lot of designers, instead of a technical editing process, will solicit other knitters to test knit their sweaters for them, which is almost better, kind of, than a technical editing process because not only do you get the feedback from the other knitters, usually a, a designer will have people test knit all the sizes of the pattern, so you get feedback on all the sizes involved, but you also then have finished objects for people to mm-hmm. look at on Ravelry because those test knitters will then post their pictures and comments, etc. So it gives me not only, okay, now I know it's been technically edited, but now I can actually see some of the finished objects, which to me is very important mm-hmm. to know, to mm-hmm. make a decision whether it's something I'm going to like right. on my body, for right. example. Right. And the flip side of that, I have purchased a pattern that supposedly was tech edited and I did manage to find errors in it. So, you know, you have to understand that it, it errors happen, <laughs> things happen, and even patterns that have been te- technically edited may still go through the cracks. Sometimes there's a, sometimes the error is a simple typo. Sometimes people write things out differently and just think different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> think differently, I should say. Um, Another question I like to ask is, is there a schematic? Not all patterns come with a schematic. And does the schematic show enough detail, such as I like to have a schematic that actually shows the measurement from the armhole to the decreases and the increases on the waist shaping. So I do use my schematics. Not all knitters do, but I like to have that. What about you? I don't, we've talked about schematics before, and I am using them more frequently uh, for both the cowl neck vest I just finished and for dragonflies. I did refer to the schematic more than I ever have before, so I think I'm learning from you that (laughs) it's a valuable tool, so I'm starting to use it more, but it's never yet been a decision breaker for me Mm -hmm. in terms of Mm -hmm. buying a pattern. Okay, and then one other element that I like to look at that Gail mentioned on one of her projects was does the pattern have an adequate size range for the recipient of the garment? 
And are you able to find that out? One of the things I like is when you are looking at a pattern that is for purchase on Ravelry, has the designer put in as much information as possible, not just sizes, but gauge and suggested yarns. I like it when the pattern page on Ravelry shows the amount of yarn required for each size. So do I. Not all patterns do. Instead of just a range. Right. You need 900 to 2100 yards. Well, not so useful. Right. And it's frustrating to me as a purchaser to not have all the information I want to help me make that decision of purchasing. Right. And of course, we're not saying that designers should divulge all of the details of their pattern. That would be silly. Right, right. But enough for me to know, do I have enough of that particular stash yarn available to knit that pattern? Because if I do, I'm going to buy the pattern right. today because I'm impatient <laughs> and I want to cast on. Or if I know I have to still go yarn shopping, well, maybe I'll just put that in my favorites or in my queue, but not purchase the pattern yet because I already know enough to know I do or do not have stash. Or... I can't afford to go yarn shopping right now, so I'm not going to buy that pattern yet because I don't know how much yarn yarn it requires. Right. And then also another thing that Gail mentioned is does if the pattern has lace and cables, is it charted or written or both? And if it's only charted or written, are you comfortable with following the directions in that way? Or do you need both? Or do you only need charts or only need written? And again, does the pattern page say that it only includes charts or only includes written so that you don't purchase the pattern and like say you only like following charts and the pattern only has written out, that would be a big disappointment. Right. If you've made the assumption of one or the other right. and then get the pattern right. and lo and behold, your assumption was incorrect. Right. The Ravelry tags for a lot of patterns, I find that mm-hmm. designers, I think, are using those more and more, yeah, that which helps. is very helpful, too, because you can often look at the tags to get information that may or may not be included in the verbal or written description for the pattern. Right. Like for Hohe's new pattern, Meridian, I was trying to think today, how will I describe that on the podcast? And I looked at her tags because I wanted to see how she described it mm-hmm. in one word bit. So she had swing and she had, um, I have to turn my page back to see, swing and sideways and things like that. So you can get a lot of information from the tags provided that the designer has taken the extra steps to do that. And I personally, if I was marketing my own patterns, I would want to put as much info there as I could because I'd want you to buy my pattern. Right. So <laughs> hopefully people are thinking along those lines when they're right. putting their patterns up for sale on Ravelry. Right. Because I have purchased some of the most lovely, wonderful patterns. And it's an investment. I mean, if you're going to buy a pattern and then spend hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. knitting that object and who knows how much on the yarn, it's just part of that whole investment in a finished object. And if you have a well-written pattern, it can make that process so much easier. Mm -hmm. So all these questions don't necessarily reflect on the value of a pattern and the increasing prices and is it worth it? I think that's probably an individual question you have to ask yourself, but hopefully asking these questions will help you make that decision or if you're waffling you <laughs> if can't you're decide waffling, yeah. do, do you want to buy it yeah. or not well do a little bit of extra research maybe pm yeah. the designer with some of the questions and see what kind of response you get yeah 
And like I said, almost all of my interactions on Ravelry have been so positive. It's, it's just a comfort for me knowing that, okay, if I do have a question, I can ask the designer right. and I'm going to find out. And then I'm not doing it blindly. Right. Like the Amand vest, right. I'd already purchased the pattern in that particular case. Right. But she responded very quickly. It was awesome. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to knitting that. And also in the case of Ravelry, you have the option of contacting other knitters yes, who exactly. have knit a pattern if perhaps you're knitting a design that's written by a designer who does not interact with other knitters. Sometimes there are lots of projects by knitters and you can contact them. Yeah, that's true. I think some of the designers who I've PM'd who haven't responded have been what I would call the more published designers yes. <laughs> who are, you know, quote, famous, unquote. So they may not have time to answer every individual question. Right. So you can easily look at that person, all the FOs for that particular project. One of my favorite things to do is to click on the yarn ideas tab mm -hmm. when you're on a project right. page so you can right. see all the different see yarns people yarns have substituted. Have used. And Love then that. you can click on that particular yarn, see all the sweaters that have been, or sweaters or objects, whatever you're knitting, mm -hmm. that have been knit with that yarn. And then you can PM individual knitters like you did with like Laika. I, right, right. right. And ask, okay, you knit it with the yarn I'm considering. What is your opinion of doing this object in this yarn? So... Use that Ravelry resource. It's delightful. <laughs> Absolutely delightful. Okay, was there anything else about that? I don't have any more questions. All right, so if any of you think of any additional tips and tricks for assuring that people are buying patterns that they know they will enjoy knitting, if you want to post those on our Ravelry group, that would be helpful yeah. because... As we've said before, we are not the experts in all things. We just Absolutely have our own not. opinions. So <laughs> other people I know who are listening to this are thinking to themselves, but you guys haven't said this. Right. So if there's and anything. And somebody always thinks of great points. Brilliant. So yeah. Comments. Consider this the discussion starter. Yeah. We have, we have opened the discussion. And designers too, you know, feel free to weigh in with things that we haven't mentioned because I know some Absolutely. designers listen to us. And if you have things that you can used to help educate us as knitters exactly. when we're as, buying patterns. I would love to hear I would love to hear like that, that too. What would you what would you as designers what questions would you like your consumers to ask you? Exactly. And what information do you want us to be aware of? For example, on your project page on Ravelry where you verbally describe things, what things have we not mentioned that we should be aware of? Because right. that means this too. Pattern, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Pattern <laughs> page, not project page. So again, all comments are greatly welcomed. Mm -hmm. We look forward to what you guys have to say. And I think that wraps it up for today. That does. Okay. Thank you as always so much for spending an hour of your day with us. We appreciate it and happy knitting. Happy knitting. You can find us on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a growing Ravelry group, and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniax. Goodbye and good knits. <laughs>